Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Bridget B. Welcome to the Dirty Blonde Podcast. We are so happy to be here. We are so happy to be back. So let's go ahead and we're going to jump right in as if we were on a mm, second date off Tinder. And our first one was just magical. And we had a great time. We went to the best restaurant. We had the best drinks. And now we're on our second date. So now we're going to get to know each other a little bit more. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Look for Starbucks coffee in a grocery store near you. Then sit back and enjoy the exceptional taste of Starbucks at home. Summer was a wonderful time. It was warm. It was hot. Got to travel all around. Got to visit so many new clubs. For my features, if you follow on Instagram, you could see where those cities were. Shout out to Hustler. And we had the best summer. And now that the weather's getting a little cooler and your kids are probably back in school or you're going back to college or you're just retired, living the life, welcome back. We are so happy to be here. And now we can begin with quite a new format here. We decided we took all of the best aspects of the podcast from the first three seasons, we, well, to mash them together to see what happens here. And like you know, and you know me probably from social media, I am not a dainty flower. I say what's on my mind. I don't really give quite a fuck. And on top of that, I try and remain very ladylike while I do it. So here's hoping, wish me luck. So for what we're going to do is we're going to take our first part here and I am going to share with you what were my best of the best of the week. I, much like you, much like your next door neighbor, probably much like your partner, like your wife, like your husband, like your boyfriend, like your girlfriend, we love our shows. We are Netflixing, we are Huluing, and now we are Peacocking, which by the way, Peacock is the best because for someone like me who loves to watch everything that is Real Housewives related, I am just living my damn best life. So Peacock, I am obsessed with. Shout out to all the Real Housewives. And I am going to take into account that not everyone has the same taste. That's why this is my show. So I'm going to give you guys what my best shows of the week were. And hopefully either you can tune into it and check it out. It is not sponsored, but I think it's something that is beneficial because what's going on in this brain of mine sometimes you just have to let it out. And I have a feeling that there's many of you who share in the same thoughts, who share in the same mantras as I do. So if I like something, you might like something. For this week, I am giving two very sexy thumbs up to Joe Coy and Theo Vaughn for their comedy specials on Netflix. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I If you haven't seen it, get into it. I love good comedy, as I'm sure 
most of you do. And if you don't, uh, probably British. No, because <laughs> my British have very dry sense of humor. I love them all. However, you know, it's a little dry. It can be a little, a little dark sometimes. But these two really nailed it. I was really happy to see that they gave some of their perspective on what has happened in the last two or three years without holding back, but still keeping it appropriately appropriately entertaining in terms of you do have to satisfy the masses, especially if it's something like Netflix. And although Joe Coy said that he um, bought out the rights for his um, first show a couple of years ago through Netflix because um, they wanted him to not do certain types of jokes or they wanted him to not do a certain accent, one of those two. So he took it upon himself and he produced it on his own dime. There was so much respect when I heard about that. And now he can come back and it's kind of on his own terms. And you can tell he gets on that stage and there's nothing sexier than a comedian who can command the stage. And he really, he's, he's passionate about it, but you can tell when someone's faking it. I mean, it's just like a porn set. You can just tell. And I have been blessed with having that radar. And as far as I'm concerned, these two nailed it. And Theo, his voice, his accent brings you right back to vintage MTV because he used to be on Road Rules or Real World, one of the two. And to see him succeed so far ahead and doing so damn well, um, couldn't be prouder. He and I, we've met and I can't say anything but cracks me up all the time regardless if he was a comedian or not as his work as his career choice so go ahead and while you are maybe having a Netflix and chill evening this weekend grab yourself a bottle of wine or maybe some dirty martini so how are we going to start off this season we're going to start off with 10 questions which I love me some top 10s. I love me some top 10 restaurants, top 10 sex positions, which I mean, how many are there really? Top 10 perfumes, et cetera. I love not only listening to them and reading about them, but I love sharing them. And there is no better way to start the season than the top questions that I have gotten just recently as recently as yesterday, because if you were following at Dirty Blonde on Instagram, you will see the call to action, which is, it was to ask away and ask questions, whatever it is that's on your pretty little minds. And I got quite a bit. I got the usual dumbass ones. I got the, the more, huh? And I, I got so many that I just kind of categorize them and just I did like the top two of the personal questions, the top two of industry questions, just to give you a little bit of everything, very much like what this season is going to be all about. So let's start off with question 10. Really in no particular order, but question 10. We have, it was from, actually this one was from Twitter. And the question is, here, I take notes, guys, come on now. Uh, Can you work 
when you're on your period? Such a big question. And it's interesting because you wonder as a female and as a natural born female that has all of these womanly natural issues occur once a month, you'd think it was less of a subject, more of a understanding in terms of obviously if you are in a heterosexual relationship or if you are especially lesbian, you know when bitch is about to be in heat. No, (laughs) you know when the both of you are on that crimson wave and men, when they are taught a certain way or trained to think a certain way because a lot of it has to do with how your your schoolmates see it or how your friends view it or how your parents tell you about it you know what I mean it's like it's such a personal aspect of a female's anatomy and what she goes through every month that at some point when you're in the gym you have to let go of it you have to you have to let it go like it's gonna happen it's you're going to have a leak one day, you know, you're going to sit down and you're going to get up and it's going to be on your chair. It's going to happen. It's human nature and it's just part of how your body works. Thank goodness. So to make it such a feeling on set is frowned upon only because we all get it. And I have always said I have worked with some of the most professional most upstanding citizens compared to people that I meet in my everyday life that when I did have my period or when I was working with a girl who had it we would do one of a few things one douche quite a bit now douching is very drying for a female but when done in the appropriate times it's extremely beneficial as I've said in other episodes about hygiene, etc. So when a female is on her period on a porn set, you tend to douche, you know, get nice and fresh and clean. There is no tampon because obviously you can't. So you use a sponge, much like a sea sponge. Question nine, do you get pregnant every time you film with a guy? Now, mm, that's a that's definitely one that's personal to each girl. Does every female have an IUD? I don't know. None of my business. They handle it how they handle it. I myself have chosen to, from the jump, from the very beginning, to always be on birth control. I think it's extremely uh, selfish and hurtful and inappropriate and very there's another word for it dumb to not be on birth control when you're a porn star as a female and spare me the whole oh pulling out method I don't fucking think so and some of my co-stars I know for a fact have gone through situations where they became pregnant from being on set and how they chose to handle it is up to them so I myself have been on birth control since day one and very much like the reason there is a money shot is so that you guys get to see the end result yes that is part of it the guy obviously does 
pull out right before that moment so that you guys can all see it and enjoy it. But then when they do movies and scenes that are internal and you can't see it, those are what we call cream pies. And that's just a whole topic that I'm not going to get into because I don't do them, didn't do them. And you just don't, unless you are dating the person that you're working with, I wouldn't recommend it. I think it's just another aspect of the adult industry that is a little bit more personal. That is my opinion. And I've never have had the need to do that unless I was dating and I was married with a fellow performer and I was dating another performer for almost five years. So I have been in a relationship almost throughout my entire career and I've it's just something that is personal to each female and deuces to them. I'm sure you all love watching it. So it's fine. Oh, this question always makes me just so warm and fuzzy inside. I actually got this over, I'm trying to 20, over 26 times from thousands of response. So the question, what happens when you pass gas? on set you guys really want to know about hygiene and theme i guess for you guys watching it as an audience it's probably more of a wow how do they do that with without prepping and oh loves the prepping that goes before all of these movies is just beyond so yeah so what happens when you what happens when you pass gas on set well We are human, right? Obviously. And when you climax, the muscles around your genitals, including the sphincter, relaxes. So, therefore, it's not unusual for a little gas to escape every now and then, which you all lovingly call it queefing, which that is in the vaginal area. However, there you could... I've, I've been there and I've heard it and there's just certain times where you're just passing out air because you are relaxed and things happen with your body and one of the biggest uh, uses of anti-gas medicine just over the counter is in fact for anal scenes it's so good right before an anal scene to pop into emodiums and sometimes even myself when I'm doing girl-girl movies, I want to feel as light and airy as possible. So I will tend to take one or two before the set. So that way I feel a little bit more relaxed, but so relaxed that the sphincter doesn't relax too much. <laughs> you, you wanna be re- I want to be relaxed with my body, knowing that it's going to do what it has to do to work. But I don't want to be too relaxed which I never am anyway, because I'm there to do a job and I'm there to perform. So Imodium goes a very long way. It's always in all of our bags. And for the most part, especially when you are in a certain uh, echelon of the industry and you are known to come to work prepared with all your essentials as a performer, which is what makes you stand out as a 
responsible and successful performer, that is definitely a part of your regime. Next question. Are you friends with coworkers? Do you just not work with people you don't like? I am a friendly person. I'm also a royal bitch. I also know my worth and I also don't give a fuck. So when you put all of that and you, you know, put it together and you stir the pot, just kidding, and you just stir it all together like little ingredients, it creates Bridget B. And that's one of the things I've always been the most consistent with. I don't like you for you. I will not disrespect you, but I also don't have to be in your environment as much as you don't have to be in mine. However, I am more than capable of being on a set with someone that I don't like and keeping it extremely professional until... I get rubbed the wrong way or mm, I'm on my period or I feel that I need to say something that is so important that I can't wait until we get out into aka the real world again whatever that means next question are you what mistakes do I feel that I made earlier in my career this is such a good one because if there is one thing that I would have done differently and I'm going to take that as a mistake that I made was that I gave too much a fuck about what others thought. What I should have done is from jump from the very beginning, done whatever it is I wanted to, not caring about anyone but yourself. And that is just as selfish as you have to be when it comes to a career that is as off for most people as this one, because you're already fucked. You're already damned if you do, damned if you don't. So if there is anything that you would have wanted to do, and I'm sure this goes for so many other aspects of life, no one cares. At the end of the day, as long as you can go to bed with your head, you know, cozy on the pillow and hold your head up high, other people's opinions shouldn't matter. And especially when you know that, you know, you're an internally good person, you know, yada, yada, yada. So being an adult entertainer and caring about other people's opinions, you're already doomed. So I would have not cared and done certain things that I really wanted to do. And we'll get into that at another episode with a very special guest because it relates a lot to why I feel that way with her. Remember from the beginning when I made the comment about people saying the usual all you do is suck dick and what other skills could you possibly need to be a porn star none really you don't you don't you all you need is to know how to suck dick or you know missionary or do a good doggy yeah sure but to be a successful adult entertainer you need to have your work ethic on point because there are 20 million people right behind you willing to do the same thing as we all know now because of OnlyFans. You know your next door neighbor is already doing it. So, And most people are having to really make sense of... They have no idea. No one knows what's going to happen in 5, 6, 10 years when you write on your resume that you were an OnlyFans model. But that's another story. So 
the skills that not only a creator of OnlyFans has to have and not only someone as myself who has been an actor in this genre of entertainment, you have, it's just the basics, basic human skills, basic social skills, basic office skills. You need to know how to type up a script. You need to know how to, in case you want to become a director, in case you're producing something. You need to know how to do your own makeup in case there's not a makeup artist. You need to know about douches. You need to know because no one's going to be on set doing it for you. You need to know what it is that you need for your anal scenes. You need to know what looks good on you, what looks good for your body. You need to know if you are allergic to latex, to silicone. You need to know uh, what time your call time is so that you can beat traffic so you're not late taking up the time of location because now director is going to have to pay extra money because you're late. All of these aspects, which are very basic work skills, are needed. Sure, coming on set thinking you're the shit is because you, you know, suck dick is great and all. But without skills, you do not become successful. You just become another girl or another guy that tried it for a few times and now wants to consider themselves a porn star. Oh, you know, like someone like Mia Khalifa. You know what I mean? Yes, that name, which I vowed not to bring her name up again. But now we have Lana Rhodes, and it's just a whole nother set of issues that we're going to go into another time. I can't with these people. I just can't. How do these people get platforms is beyond me. But anyway, so that is definitely a huge aspect of it all. And I am always open to answering questions as honestly as I know them to be true, because that's all I can is just tell you my experiences. And I've said in many other episodes that what my experiences has been in the adult industry has far surpassed what others have probably come across. And that's why I'm so adult positive. Well, other girls might have experienced something different and now they are adult negative, such as Lana Rhodes. So here I am trying to bridge that gap and give you the honesty in a positive light because that's all I know. Another good question that was given was what's more valuable, looking good or having sex skills? You can't have one without the other. Yes, you do look good. That is great and valuable for your on-set personality and your brand. But without dick-sucking skills, you're not going to get anywhere. And you're not going to get anywhere far. And you won't get anywhere fast enough. That's really the key. What happens is, like with the last question about the skills needed that most people take for granted in terms of what is needed to be a successful performer, skills such as knowing what looks good on your body, knowing how your body moves, knowing how your you know your your tits look in front of the camera that if I bend over this way they're going to look like they are 80 years old but if I so having a pretty face and a banging body is awesome having a sexy hair all this is great good assets but the basics of a good ass the basics of a good pair of tits the basics of a good body the age old 
beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So what I think looks good on a model, what I think looks good on a female performer doesn't necessarily rock the boat for another viewer. And that is what is one of the most beautiful things about the industry is that there's something for everyone. So females and males who want to get into the industry who don't feel that they have good looking this, good looking that, but have a passion for being entrepreneurs, for being good people to work with, for being responsible, for being responsible with your body in terms of getting tested because you can't work without getting an HIV test, et cetera. And for not fucking everything that walks without a condom on because you know you have to be on set the next day. Those are certain aspects of a performer that I look for versus someone with pretty teeth. Because my health is a lot more important and fuck it, if I look better than she does, even better. What is a typical work day for a porn star? It depends. I can't answer that better enough than that. <laughs> is that it? Yeah. I can't answer it any more uh, specific than that because if your day is a gonzo movie, if your day is a, a full feature, if you are shooting your own content, if you're shooting with a girl, if you're shooting with a guy, if you're shooting an orgy, if you're shooting 20 hours away or if you're shooting next door and you have to go in count in traffic. So a typical workday is basic in the fact that I am prepared the night before. I pack my work bag, which is my luggage. If they don't have the, you know, the bra or the lingerie and I'm bringing my own, my own costume, quote unquote, all that good stuff, my shoes. I have big feet, I have size eight. So not everyone, well, I mean, they're normal, but most girls are tinier than I am. So they usually are like size six, bless them. And I take care of my uh, shower needs. I'll shave, I'll, I'll do my hair, I'll wax, I'll do this. I'll put on my tanner. The morning of, I try and wake up early-er so that I can do some content that I do for my OnlyFans and then I finish up my breakfast. I go out. I have a very normal, I go to the gym. Um, if I know I'm going to have to cook that night for a special somebody, I will go to the grocery store. So normal life outside of industry wise set is exactly like yours, like your neighbors, like your mom and dad's. <laughs> We uh, put our feet both one leg at a time in a pair of jeans. I've heard that before. I don't know if that even makes sense, but you know what I'm saying. So it's very, a typical work day is more in terms of getting ready mentally and physically, especially spiritually, because obviously sex is a very intimate and close uh, range emotional day. It's not something to take lightly, but it's also very robotic and it's you have to do certain things just to get on set so without those aspects such as getting my hair done looking as well as possible being tested being healthy then I, I can't go and work and then can't make your livelihood which I don't care if I was a banker I'd make sure that I had my my suit correct I made sure that I'd have my my paperwork for the mortgage that's coming in that morning. And if I was a plastic surgeon, I'd make sure my hands were in tip-top shape. I'd make sure that I was 
I'm mentally and spiritually sound because I have someone's body and someone is entrusting me with themselves for me to perform surgery. So all of us, regardless of our careers, we all have our ritualistic uh, areas that we take care of before we go on set. If we care what we do and if we're passionate and we want to be the best at it, which from day one, I've said I will not be in this industry unless I am top of the motherfucking top. Great question, by the way. And you guys saw a lot of my Marilyn Monroe on Instagram in the last couple of weeks. Full day with Marilyn Monroe. What would you do? Good question. Thank you so much on Instagram for that one. Obviously, names are blurred for privacy. (laughs) I really think that if I was able to spend the day with Marilyn Monroe, I would tell her, first of all, I am so sorry that you ever felt so used because we all know that in terms of what she's gone through, that was definitely an aspect of her life that she just, she was so vulnerable. And so many of us women can relate to her in so many ways, even the brunettes and the redheads. So many of us just love Marilyn Monroe. But what I would really love to do is to take her away from all of that, take her away from the makeup, take her away from the the, the pinup and those pictures of her reading a book and those pictures of her at Lee Strasberg at her acting studio courses. I would want to spend the day with her doing that, doing the things behind the scenes that made her forget she was Marilyn Monroe and made her remember who Norma Jean was. I really would love that personal look into what she was really like and not the personality that she put out for the world because myself along with so many other female performers we get it we know that's that's what we do you have to compartmentalize but she didn't really have the tools needed to succeed with that and that's why she was gone away from us so early so I would really really love to do that and I'm sure that for for Elvis Presley someone asked me and I'm going to do an honorable mention I would really love to know about Priscilla (laughs) I wouldn't care about his peanut butter and banana sandwiches I wouldn't care about how fat I became I wouldn't care about how fat he became or anything I want to know about Priscilla because something tells me she was so young I'm like what the hell do you have to talk to her about But that's just a whole nother set of issues. Ladies and gentlemen, those were my top 10 questions to start off season three, Dirty Blonde Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. What you can expect from the season moving forward is some really good shit. Some stuff that I'm just excited to introduce to you, like guests from all aspects of the industry. How does the makeup stay on? How do we get catered? The lighting? How does the lighting guy not get turned on? We're going to get into so many of those because we're going to get a lot of my coworkers up on here. We're going to have some sexy giveaways. Make sure and follow Dirty Blonde on Instagram at Dirty Blonde because we're going to do some pop-up lives here and there so that you can win some sexy giveaways and be a part of the show because you're going to be able to ask our guests some questions. And I mean, as I've always said in almost all two seasons prior to this one, there is so much more to sex than just sex. 
There's so much more to the game of adult industry. And I am here to explore all of it with you, plus so much more. So for that, thank you so much for joining us today. Stay dirty and we will see you next episode. Bye.